Welcome back. Oh, God. Wait, can you? Are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Let's run that back one more time. Welcome back to another edition of On the Clock. As always, I'm Reagan Griffin, and I'm joined by my good friend, Cameron Lewis, man. What's up, Back man? at it again. Back at it again. And season's over. Yeah, man. It's our time. For me, it's been one of the best seasons in a while. I, really? I really enjoyed this season. As a Saints fan? As a Saints fan. Surprisingly, <laughs> man, every year, like for the last three, four years, I've had some issue at the end of the season with the way the season went. I didn't like it. But it was just really entertaining. I don't know if it's just like the quarterback play was like really high this oh, yeah. year. Especially but by black it, quarterbacks. Yeah, man. But it just... It was a great season. It was really entertaining outside of my Saints being my Saints and mm-hmm. disappointing me. I, I was really looking forward to watching Sometimes playoff you just got to let it go. Oh, I've, I've, let it I've, go. I've, I've let it go for <laughs> now, the past, everything. I'm, I'm, I'm done I until they you, prove me you. wrong. But yeah, great season, man. Let's get into this. It's a pretty good Super Bowl, huh, too? Man, again, probably one of the best Super Bowls I've I, I've seen in really? recent history. I know you probably yeah, have a different Super Bowl one. something different, bro. I'm <laughs> telling you. But... um. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was going to be way, way higher in, mm-hmm. um, in in the scoring outcome of the game. But it, it was a really good game. Really okay. good game. And, you know, obviously it speaks to the importance of, importance of team building and drafting, which yep. is what we're here for yeah. uh, to, to give you guys on. Um, but getting into the meat of this episode, the first thing that I noticed while I was looking through all of the draft news is that some NFL executives are apparently concerned with the quality of quarterback posket prospects beyond Joe Burrow obviously right. who's, who's a, it seems like at this point it's consensus this is the a really good prospect but after him apparently people are uh, they're worried about it I kind of understand where they're coming from mm-hmm. but at the same time I'm kind of confused and um before Joe Burrow had this Heisman season and LSU topped it off with a championship mm-hmm. um Tua was the projected number one pick yeah. going into the season even last year and he was seen to be his franchise changing, franchise changing quarterback sorry mm-hmm. so I mean I know he's had his injury problems and he had that big injury had surgery and everything yeah um, so I mean I, I understand some hesitancy there but I mean I think you have two franchise changing quarterbacks as long as they're healthy um, I mean the NFL loves strong home quarterbacks you have that in Jordan Love you right. have Jacob Eason who I'm don't really know much about still looking at some film but I know he has a strong arm Mm -hmm. and then you have Justin Herbert who I think has been under the radar and really underrated in this whole you know early draft process you think so so? yeah I mean I went back and looked at some recent draft classes so I mean 2018 was okay like Lamar Jackson um and those guys, but Sam Darnold, Baker yeah. Mayfield. In 2019, um, there was you know Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones, Haskins, Locke. But there was, mm-hmm. I mean, it's always like maybe one or two surefire guys. But right. there's always like some decent quarterbacks. So, I mean, you you have that. So I mean, I, I don't really know what scouts yeah, are looking I, at. I agree with you in that it's not any more. You know. I'm not going to step out and question any more than I would any other draft class. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you have the one guy that everyone's kind of consensus on, and then right. beyond that, there's going to be people with questions. And, you know, when it comes to Herbert, it's just that intangible quality of what really makes a quarterback. Right. Um, you, you don't really see it there. Two is durability. And every year, you have that guy. Yeah. You always have that guy that's productive in college, whether you're playing the Pac-12, wherever, and there's always some questions about him. Exactly. I, I mean, it seems like 
a regular draft class yeah, to me. And, at the and you and you always got Go you know ahead. a guy with injury concerns. You yeah. always got a guy who's you know seems like he has the talent, but he's pretty raw. That's Jordan Love. Like it doesn't yeah. seem any different than a regular draft class to me. Yeah. But um, should the uh, NFL executives be concerned about it that could really shake up how this draft plays out yeah. which would be interesting um, you know currently I think I have th- four quarterbacks going three quarterbacks going in the first round um, no four yeah four, yeah, four Love, quarterbacks Herbert, going in the first round Burrow, um, but yeah. if those guys are concerned about them and then, Eason has been gaining a lot yeah, of traction I, lately that one I don't really understand yeah that's a guy that I think is just a really good college quarterback and yeah. you know I mean we can get more into that later if you want to if we have time left yeah, or yeah, either next week for but. sure um but on the note of Tua, we mentioned him. Yeah. In an interview with his dad, uh, somebody yeah. with Fox, from, from Fox, um, he said that he was rooting, not to his dad, the interviewer said that he was rooting for Tua to go to Miami, to right. which uh, Tua's dad responded, you know, we hope so too. And yeah. people kind of extracted they, what they wanted from that and said, oh, Tua's preferred destination is Miami, kind of blowing it out of proportion. But, yeah. you know, I think that situation begs the question because we're seeing it more and more now. Should players try to dictate where they're drafted? So, um, as everybody knows, I think we mentioned this on the first podcast, my mm-hmm. favorite um, sport, my favorite professional sports league is the NBA. Right. So, of course, being an NBA fan, I'm all for player empowerment. Yeah. So, absolutely. And, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is, not mine, um, I'm going to throw this on you, but mm-hmm. your Hall of Fame quarterback, Eli Manning. Yep. Um, I mean, Go check out your coverage. You hear all about that. <laughs> Eli Manning he, is a Hall of Fame quarterback. He, he decided where he wanted to go. He told San Diego that he wasn't going there. He didn't want to play. And, mm-hmm. I, I mean, hey, <laughs> He never touched foot there. He had a pretty good uh, career, too. I mean, yeah, I have no problem with it. If that's where Tua wants to play and that's his preference, I mean, everybody has their preference. They grew up liking certain teams, wanting to play here, idolizing certain stars. So I have no problem with it. Also, what came to my mind was, I think it was like Super Bowl week or maybe Senior Bowl week. I don't remember, but Carlson Palmer got interviewed. Mm -hmm. And um, he said that he never really felt like the Bengals put any effort into being a Super Bowl right. team or even a Super Bowl contender. Still aren't. <laughs> and they asked Joe Burrow where he wanted to go. And he said, man, I just want to go to a team that's, you know, contending for a Super Bowl. So, I mean, everybody has their preferences. Of course, people are going to blow it out of proportion. Right. You know, because they don't want at least to have power. But, I mean, in a league like the NFL where the owners dictate everything, I hope this becomes a, a natural thing every year, especially di- for a position like the quarterback. I'm going to disagree with you, man. And it's one thing because a lot of these young quarterbacks, they, they enter the league, you know, not particularly ready to play. Yeah. But, um, you yeah. know, they have they have some talent. So I can see why some guys wouldn't want to enter certain situations. Yeah. But um, that's also something I, to I look don't at. So like the idea because what happened with Tua is that he has a preferred destination. I don't like yeah. the idea of players picking and choosing where they want to go should a player say i don't want to go here or i prefer not to end up here that's fine in my eyes because then you're saying okay this organization doesn't seem like it'd be a good fit for me but to say i want to go to the baltimore ravens you know what i mean like that's when you're saying only i don't want there's only one of 32 teams that i would want to play for and that's the one so that's when i get into a little bit i looked at it a little bit different like Mm -hmm. i just think like with two of like family and their culture and stuff like that Mm -hmm. they felt like Miami would be like closer to home Mm -hmm. and that's where they want to go but I didn't really view it as like you know I want to play here but I feel like if you ask any player like where do you want to play they all have like their ideal destination of hey I'll fit here good on the field off the field you know scheme wise so I I didn't really take it like that but I definitely see your viewpoint but yeah I kind of disagree I'll 
took it as you know this is just like if I had to choose I would go here right. but I, I don't and I also don't think and that, that's just that the, the road that I hope we don't go down because yeah, yeah, again I, I'm, I'm definitely, fine with it yeah I definitely don't want um to go down that road where guys like you know like the Eli thing mm-hmm. um I'm not coming here I, I want to go here like you mm-hmm. know as long as you like if you want to go somewhere but you're open to playing wherever right you get drafted I'm fine with that but yeah don't blow out of proportion and have ego issues and, and there's a limit yeah. to most things bro yeah but um let's get into what is the meat of this episode and probably the hardest thing I've had to do related to the draft in a very long time this is like another mock draft we are <laughs> <laughs> we are going to rank these wide receivers man and we have talked about time and again how great these receivers are yeah. and how deep this class is so this is going to be somewhat of a challenge, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of different opinions here. Right off the bat, around. I already know it will be. All right, so uh, you want to kick it off? You go ahead. All right, number one receiver. Oh, do you want to go from 10 to 1 or 1 to 10? Let's go 1 to 10. Let's go 1, one to 10. 10. Yeah. Number one, I have the boy out of Alabama, Henry Ruggs. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Oh. That's Jerry Judy. I got Jerry Judy. I was like, what? <laughs> I got Jerry Judy at number one. Jerry Judy. And uh, it was very close, obviously, between Judy and C.D. Lamb. But I'm going to give the edge to Judy because of what I value in a receiver at the NFL level. You have size in C.D. Lamb, and you have agility in Jerry Judy. And I think that agility takes you just a little bit further than the size does. So that's why I go with Jerry Judy number one. Okay, so I kind of like jotted down some notes for most of these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, my number one, of course, is Lamb. Lamb. I'm, I've indicated this before on previous podcasts. Right. Um, just some things I wrote down. I think he has elite hands. Um, doesn't think he have breakaway speed as, you know, a Judy does mm-hmm. or a Ruggs does. But um, I've seen him play just enough to make very good plays after the catch. Um, he can separate. You know, he he can create separation. But like I said, he doesn't have breakaway speed. Mm-hmm. And I think what just takes me over the top is just the way that he runs after the kiss. Like, he's just so physical yeah. and so tough. Like, he's hard to bring down. And we can see and how he's, that— He's still a good route runner, which, I mean, I'll get into that mm-hmm. with Judy. But, yeah, I don't I don't think he's as agile or as quick or fast right. as Judy. But that, that's my number one guy, just that physical nature. And he just has everything else that you—he doesn't remind me of— a play style in Michael Thomas, mm-hmm. but just like he doesn't really have anything, any t- intangibles that are elite right. besides his hands and his physicality. Okay, so so he's my number one guy. I think I think it's close though. I think you flip a coin and you get a number yeah. one receiver regardless. So number two, I'm, I'm gonna assume that we yeah. have a reverse. So I have CD Lamb, you have Jerry Judy. Let's push it to number three, which I, I'm pretty sure we have a difference on there too. Yeah. Well, just wanted to indicate um, for my number two. Um, just some notes like I said that I wrote down mm-hmm. and I started to write the notes down I was like it sounds like I'm putting Judy as right. the best receiver in the class so I have it's hard not he's to, the man. best route runner in the class bar none he's quick in his breaks his route elite feet agile he has questions about drops from some guys mm-hmm. but I don't really think that's an issue um, I'm not concerned about his hands at all um, I don't really know how much of a 50-50 ball guy he is but I also really don't need him right. to do that because he does everything else, and he's also an elite receiver. And th- he those, does everything. Those are the physical separators that right. I value the most just because how many of the top receivers can we look at and say? And I, I see your point because yeah. when we think Julio Jones, we think yeah. uh, DeAndre Hopkins, these are big physical dudes yeah. that just use their athleticism to outmatch people. Yeah. But when I think of my Antonio Browns, I think of my Tyree Kills. It's, it's the speed yeah. and route running. And I think those things are easier. It's easier to beat somebody with those things and it is with with the size just because once you get to the end NFL level everyone's pretty big yeah you know, everyone's strong everyone's physical but you know it's a, like you said it's a bit of a toss-up but uh 
Let's go ahead and keep pushing to number three. I have T. Higgins. At three? I have T. Higgins okay. at number three. T. Higgins is my guy, but I need you to explain this. I, 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 I love him as a prospect, it. man. Like, it's it's a stretch, and I'm not going to sit up here and assert that he's Julio Jones, yeah. but I see inklings of it just in the way hmm. that it, it's in the Super Bowl with Julio Jones. There was one catch where they threw it to the sideline, and uh, yeah, there, I, it was I just ridiculous where yeah. how he got his feet, and I was like, oh, my God, this yeah. dude's ridiculous. And then I remember in the national championship, T. Higgins had a catch almost that was the exact same almost. Yeah. And it's just I, I can't help but look at one and not think about the other. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's just he has certain intangible qualities with the size, with the the the, the spectacular catchability. I got him at three just because I think those are the things that translate to the NFL. Okay. So with this draft class at receiver, um, I don't really know how I would do the rest of my tiers. Mm-hmm. But I know that in my tier one, if I was to do tiers, Judy and Lamb. I would have Judy and Lamb. Mm-hmm. This next guy, I feel like if he can hit his ceiling, can be in that conversation in tier one. Maybe not better, but just an elite receiver. That's Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs, okay. Man, I was watching, I don't remember what game I was watching last night. I went and watched some more film. I think this was like South Carolina. He mm-hmm. took like a five-yard slant to the house. He, he's ridiculous. Right. And like there's only so many guys in the league that can take slants. I mean, elite the speed house. is the first thing yeah. that you got to say. I, I, obviously, he's the best yeah. rack receiver in the class. His speed's ridiculous. If you blink, he's gone. Right. Um. He's... Tyreek Hill is, and I mean, I think he's kind of getting the hype that he deserves because of the speed, mm-hmm. but he was still under the radar. He was there with Judy. Mm-hmm. He was there with Devonta Smith. Then there was him, and then there was Waddle, who's going to be a first-round pick next year. Right. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I really, I think his ceiling is like a Tyreek Hill type of guy, mm-hmm. and his floor is like a Brandon Cook. So, I think you're getting a top 15 receiver regardless I mean you're not you're not wrong and it's, he goes up and like I've I've seen Tyreek Hill like go up and like catch balls like 50-50 balls I've seen him do it like he can return he's great in the return like there's nothing that he cannot do the thing that concerns me with rugs is you know and this is to no fault of his own but it's just where he came from in that he was playing with Judy and he was yeah. playing with Smith and Waddle and Tua. So when you have so many great receivers, you're able to create one-on-one matchups yeah. because Judy's the guy that's going to command the most attention. So Devontae Smith and Henry Ruggs, they got their one-on-one matchups. Yeah. And at the college level, if you're running a f- mid to low 4-2 like Ruggs is, one-on-one matchup is, you know, that's Ridiculous. that's cookies. Yeah, that's open. cookies all day. So I yeah. just don't know how good of he's going to be when he doesn't, Command those one-on-one matchups against college-level players. I just, I, just I don't see him being a number one. Is what I'm getting at. I don't know if he's a guaranteed number one, but he's definitely a high end two, and yeah. at the least, he's a high end weapon. Just like watching the Super Bowl, man, with Kyle Shanahan running those jet sweeps mm-hmm. all over the field and these counters with with um, Debo Samuel. I'm sorry. And we've seen that all year with like different receivers that have this speed and agility. He's gonna eat those plays alive. I, I, like he, he's gonna make his his money off of stuff. Like he's gonna be a weapon, and whoever gets him, man. I see what you're driving at. And when I did my rankings, I'm going on ceiling rather than like projectability in terms of the the median or the floor. Yeah. And I do think that uh, T. Higgins has a higher ceiling than Henry Ruggs, but. Henry Ruggs, you know, I'm, you're almost getting a guaranteed guy yeah. that's going to be able to come in and contribute. Yeah, he, he's a guy that I think 
cannot bust. Yeah, I, I'd agree with you because you know, as long speed, as he does, speed don't yeah. lie, man. I mean, yeah. even John Ross didn't have the greatest couple yeah, of years John, to start. And that's why I think Henry Ruggs is going to go so high. I don't remember the, the exact class that John Ross was taking mm-hmm. him, but he ran that speed. Apparently, he broke Chris Johnson's record. I don't yep. know. It, yeah, mm. it didn't look like it. Watching it, it didn't feel like it, <laughs> right. but evidently he did. But I've seen his tape, and I don't think it's close to Ruggs. Like, I don't think he's... A more complete receiver than Ruggs was, and even then, it's like he he did some pretty good stuff for Cincinnati yeah. this year, just because the speed kills. Yeah, speed kills, and you know that that a lot of times at receiver, if you can just be faster than the guy in front of you, you'll win. Yeah, and like I've seen some mock drafts that had him projected to go places like Denver, and if he goes somewhere with a strong going quarterback, that's what and he, he has, like a Cortland Sutton, who's the number one big receiver, take some pressure off of him. Mm-hmm. That that that's a great fit, but. We'll get more into fits and stuff another day. So four, I had rugs. I just gave you my spiel on rugs. Gotcha. So okay. Your four. Um, <laughs> you know what my four is. Um, another guy who I think just has a really high floor, and maybe even a a, a low ceiling, but I think he's still going to be a productive guy. That's Justin Jefferson. I mm. you. Um, he doesn't have elite speed, but he just always finds the ball. He's just another guy. Like I brought up with Lamb, he just runs tough. He just always makes plays. He, he's tough to go down. His hands are reliable. I think he's going to be like a high-end number two, like a very, very high-end number two. And, I mean, I know... Your bias clouds your judgment, my friend. <laughs> I, I don't see, see it, I'm, man. I'm, I'm I not, want to see I'm it. I'm not even an LSU fan. Like, I, I like LSU players, so there, there is some bias there. And I, I, I watch the film, and I get the question marks. I understand it, but he's just so reliable, man. I just... I, just, I, I mean, you. I get... The one-year wonder, playing with Jamar Chase, playing that offense, everything just seems like you know, mm-hmm. like a, a one-year thing. But I don't know, man. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I'm. I'm. I'm on the Justin Jefferson train. I. I, I mean, I'm not going to be necessarily a. Uh, okay, I am. I'm going to be opposed to you, but you know, we'll get into it because I think the listeners are not going to you know be happy with you. If the listeners are coming from this. like your friends, then ain't no way. Yeah. Ain't no way. Absolutely um, not. All right. Number five, I had this is kind of a surprise to me even, but I, the more I watch this guy, the more I, I like his game. Uh, and that's LaVisca Chenault. I got him at five and he's just, he reminds me of Debo Samuel and that he can just watching the Super Bowl and watching how Kyle Shanahan utilized Debo Samuel and then thinking about the way the Packers used to utilize Ty Montgomery, I see him in that mold, but a little bit better. Just in that, I think he's a bit better athlete than Ty Montgomery. I'm not going to go so far as to say he's a better athlete than Debo, but I think he's kind of on par there. Big, strong, physical, has some speed, great in the open field. Um, guys, agile. Like he, he can, he's kind of a do-it-all type of person that you can, you know, work and put him in different spots, and he'll be able to succeed. You know, essentially wherever you put him. And I, that's and those those sort of Swiss Army knives. I yeah. really like those guys and receivers. I think they're they're really great threats. And a lot of people try to uh, compare this guy to Kevin White. And Kevin White just never really panned out because of injuries. But, um, you know, coming out of college, I thought Kevin White was a really good weapon, too. And I kind of see him in that mold. So, yeah, I, I got Chanel at five, which surprised me, honestly. It was his it was his tape. Um, I forget the team it was, but it was one specific game that just sold me. It just sold me on him. Um, For me, my number five is T. Higgins. And this is a guy that, you, you know, um, we've talked throughout the college football season. I really like um, Higgins. And... He's a guy that I think I have him at five, but I think his ceiling is high, like really high if mm-hmm. he goes to the right 
spot. I think he can be one of those guys like an AJ Brown, like a DK Metcalf mm. that goes under the radar and then comes in next season, maybe slips in the draft even a little bit, get to you know an actual good situation his rookie year and helps that team get over the top. So um, I think he has ideal size, speed, hands. Um, he like all these receivers have like good rack ability. Like yeah. some other guys are just like elite rack receivers, and some are just like really good. I think he falls in that really good category. But I've seen people recently say that they don't think that he plays up to his size. And I mean, while his frame is slim, and he can definitely you know help to put on some weight, I don't think that he doesn't play up to his size at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen him go get the ball several times. He made like some. I don't remember the catch, but it was an LSU game. I don't remember what quarter it was, but he had like one foot out, I think, right. or something like that. Maybe both feet were out, but he was like still able to like maintain and catch the ball. It was, was like, that was the catch I was yeah, talking and about. And it was yeah. it was really, really impressive. So yeah, I definitely think the notion that he doesn't play play up to his size is either one, just a misevaluation of him, mm-hmm. or some teams in the later round yeah. one trying to drop trying his to, style. Yeah, yeah. I feel you. Um and it's messed up that teams try to do that because yep. you're, you're costing these guys money. But I agree with you. And I, another thing about him is that his frame is built in a way where you can add those pounds to it. He's 6'4". Yeah. And you, what'd you say? It was like 180 somewhere in there. So yeah, you can yeah, definitely yeah. add weight to that. He might even be a little bit heavier. Than yeah. Sure. Um, but he, he, you can definitely add weight to that frame. You know, get him up in the... the uh, closer to 200 range, I think, at some point in his career. But he's definitely a talented receiver. All right. Moving on to number six. Yeah, he's actually, don't mean to cut you off, he's actually 210. He's, he's 210. 210. He's just he's just slim. He's just a slim Man. guy. 210. If he can just get stronger, he's going to be fine. Man. Yeah, he's just I really, really slim. I 210 there, but uh, makes sense. All right. Um, number six. I got Michael Pittman, man. Uh-oh, and you know how I go. feel about I, every. Oh, it feels like every time I like, hop on this mic for this podcast, I end up talking about Michael Pittman. This show and is we're here in Southern California of Michael Pittman. And I'm trying not at to the do University it. Of at Southern some California. point, man, I hope he comes around and I'm be able to get him on here. That's a long shot, but like I'm just infatuated let's, with let's this. Let's shoot game. out shot, DM him, if we get him on. I'm here, man. infatuated with this dude's game and they, like they, the fact. Hearing things out of the Senior Bowl and hearing that he was killing those corners, I'm sitting here like, man, makes sense, makes he, sense. He, I knew he was had, he's not coming up on my list yet, but I'll just tell you, man, I really like Pittman. People don't like Pac-12 receivers unless they're fast. I mean, I saw it and, and just le- down the road at the unless Coliseum. they're fast. People are hesitant to take. I saw Pac-12 it just down the road receivers. every week. I talked to my friend from LSU. He was like, "Yeah, man, I really like Pittman, but you know, USC receivers are just." And I'm like, "Okay." Like, I mean, we like, USC we produce, receivers have we been produced some good guys. Robert Woods, Keyshawn Johnson, Keyshawn Johnson, yeah. not so much Marquise Lee, but you know. Nelson Aguilar was good. Then he just fell off the face of the earth. Aguilar. (laughs) Catching them babies unlike Aguilar. That's the first (laughs) thing comes to mind. But yeah, you you know how I feel. He's a stand-up guy. He's a playmaker. You can, you know, he's a safety blanket. You throw it up to him, he can go make it. Definitely going to be a steal. Not going going around one as of now, but definitely a a solid receiver. You remember last week I had him, uh, you know, sneaking into the first of the Niners, which I think would be a great fit for him uh, just because Kyle Shanahan would know how to use life. Utilize him to his the best of his ability. Yeah, but, you need to get some more receivers if yeah. you're going to start throwing the ball in the last I, seven minutes. I game, wanted so. him. To, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted him to crack into my top five, but I just couldn't do it. Hey, I mean, I had an even tougher issue cracking him in, so I, I get it. But um, you want to give a little bit more spill about this game? Or, 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 uh, you, I'm good on. Yeah, y'all know. I've, I've yeah, talked he, about. He's, he's preached. I've he's preached this exhausted enough. just about everything I could on Michael Pittman. Um, right six is where your note falls for me. I. Actually could be wrong, but you brought up the Kevin White comparisons, and I actually have some injury concerns about him. But um, he's just another guy, man. 
NFL teams really shouldn't need a re- receiver on the team after this draft. He's just right. a weapon. No, there's no excuse. If you need a receiver after this draft, um, you just uh, you you, could, you also brought up Ty Montgomery. Mm-hmm. Um, he's that mole man. You can line him up at running back. He just he's all over the field, bro. You can line him up at any receiver spot. He's just he's just gonna make plays. I'm not really the biggest fan of his route running, but I mean I, I think that's something that you know he can get better at. And he he has the size and he, he's fast. He's six six two twenty, I believe. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, six six. I think he's is, is he. Chanel, I, I thought he was like 6'2". Chanel? Ooh, yeah. I might if he's 6'6", six, six, that's I might be wrong. Maybe he's just huge to me. I could be wrong. LaVisca should hold up. Yeah, I got to fact check that because if he's 6'6", six, six, Lord have mercy. I, I oh, no, he's 6'2". I'm sorry. Okay. I don't know what I'm thinking I about. was going to say, if he's that big, he might have to come up my board a little bit higher. I don't, I don't know why. Okay, maybe he just looks big on film. He is. Yeah, he I'm looking at him now. Huge. He's not six. He I'm looking at him. Okay, huge. I don't know. I'll, I'll give you that. Definitely not, not sure where the six, six came from, but but yeah, I have some concerns. I, he was like a top four guy for me throughout the season. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I said he was six six. Wow. Um, <laughs> Happens to the best of us. But hey, Bill I just Paul felt like it was Lamar Jackson, a running back. I mean, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just felt like he was kind of a product of being in like a situation where he was like really the only weapon I, I see I see and, that has merit but, has the, merit. but when you turn on the tape it's just it's, impressive you, you love to see it man. it's, it's, it's impressive he like I said he can play running back he can play receiver so so yeah he he's my number six guy I'm a little bit lower on him than you are but mm. but yeah got him about the same range number seven number seven I'm looking at Jalen Rieger huh, okay, is it Rieger or Rieger I'm not sure but I think it's, out of TCU and He's not he's not rugs, but no. he's about as close to rugs as you're gonna get in this draft. In that he's just a speed demon, yeah, speed demon. He'll beat you deep if you if you if you get your heels caught even for a second. Yeah, as a DB, he'll 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 burn you. And all I gotta say, like you know, just think McCall Hardman. That's all you gotta think is yeah. McCall Hardman, and that that's what you have. Yeah, and I even even though his tape was a little bit better, he was a first round receiver. I mean, Reagan might crack. It just depends on you know people's board, mm-hmm. but. Um, he reminds me of a poor man's cooks. Okay. Um, he's shown the ability to separate. Great in the return game. Jet sweeps. Oh yeah, all, he's all, agile, man. Yeah, like he, he can. Yeah. My biggest concern: I've seen him drop some balls. I've seen yeah. him drop some and balls. And that happens with a lot of like. Yeah. It, it would not surprise me if he was a track guy that transitioned to yeah. a being a receiver at some point in his yeah. career, whether that was in high school or even before that. Just like somebody was really fast, and somebody was like, "Bro, you got to try a football." Yeah. And uh, you know, those those are concerns with a lot of those those. Uh, deep, you know, deep threat. Yeah, yeah. So we definitely agree here. Just, just the drops, but, but yeah, definitely. A, like, a, like we've been saying, preaching through the first seven guys, just weapons, man. Right. Weapons, he, and that's what that's what he is. He can return punch for you, kicks for you. Mm-hmm. Like you said, he's Miko Hartman, not really Hartman, but you know that mold of a guy. Right. Um, your eight. Oh, who's who's your seven too? Yeah, he's my seven. Oh wow, he's my seven. Uh, Brandon Ayuk out of Arizona State. Okay, that might come as a shock to some people, but I like I like what he brings to the table from an athletic standpoint. And there's some dudes, man. I spent a lot of years playing football since I was yeah. five years old, and there's just some people that just get it. They just get it, and you can't really put a finger on it. They're not, you know, I'm not going to sit up here and say he's not agile, he's not fast, but there's nothing, you know, really physically separating about him, but he just understands how the game functions and knows how to utilize that to the best of his ability and take advantage of those things. Um, He just gets it, man, and I can't, you know, I wish I could give you a better explanation, but he's a football player if there ever was one. And I think he'll be the type of dude that you come in or a team will draft him with the expectations of maybe not using him like that, and then yeah. they'll just you know throw out 
preseason practices and throughout the preseason, you know, games, they'll be like, hold on, this guy, he kind of has something here. Yeah. So I, I got Ayuk. I got Ayuk. Um, I just, my number eight is KJ Hamler. I just think I... Um, I can see Hamler. I, I think I love Penn State receivers <laughs> ever since I saw Deshaun Hamilton play football. Hey. Um, But yeah, KJ Hamler, kind of on the smaller side, I think he's 5'9". I hope I didn't mess up his height too. No, it's 5'9". But, but yeah, he's 5'9". Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's 5'9", but man, he's just fluent in his routes. Um, He has good hands. He's another guy that just runs hard after the catch. Like I say, he's small, but I've seen, I've seen him like... Actually, that's pretty impressive. Of course, he's not going to win most of them, but I've seen him like willingly block or attempt to block like right. nickel corners and stuff. That's that's impressive. That's the type of guy that you want that's going to put 100% to every play, right. and he's a playmaker. Um, I don't know how much of a returner he'll be in the league, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, he's quick on his feet, fast. So so he's my, he's my number eight. I actually think that him and Rager are, are kind of close. Yeah, and they're the kind of the same in, in terms of where you yeah. rank them, and then they're yeah. kind of the same. I think Rega's probably a little bit better in a return game, right? And maybe even be a little faster, but they're in that same, they're in that same this, tier. And same mold, yeah. same type of range too. Um, number nine. Now we get to Justin Jefferson for me, and I hate to say it because I, I I like him too. I like him as a person. He was a walk on. He built his way. If you're up. listening to this and you don't uh, agree with this man, <laughs> please. I know. I please. know a lot of y'all are Cam's friends and y'all <laughs> from New Orleans and y'all got ties to this dude. Just hear me out. All right. I know. Back in my notes. And I, I love his story. Oh, I love the fact that he was a walk on and he worked his way up and he became a great route runner. He put on a lot of size, but it, it speaks to you know the type of person that he is. That's not my concern. My concern is type of football player he is and I just watch the tape and I see nothing that separates him from it you know not a regular dude obviously we're talking about NFL football players here but from a regular NFL receiver is he faster than the average dude nope is Michael Thomas no okay is he a better route runner than the average dude in my eyes like slightly (laughs) better like he might be slightly better than the average dude um is he has better hands than the average dude? Like, I think so. Like, yeah, but it's just like these are incremental improvements over average. I just don't see anything that really separates him as a receiver and puts him in a different class. And for me, I know this has nothing to do with on-field play, but I just really like receivers with swag and just that yeah. fact that he has it, and I just love it. Yeah, and I think he'll be but a I, Like dude. I said, I get the questions. I do. I do. I, and I, I see it when I watch the film, but I, I just believe in a guy. I he, do. He's I really a guy believe that I believe I believe in him, too. And I, I don't think he's the type of dude that'll play his way out of the NFL. Yeah. He's such a hard worker, it, it seems, that he's going to figure it out to some extent, but the, the ceiling's just not there for me, man. His yeah. floor is pretty high, but his, his, his ceiling's so close to his floor, he's bumping his head when he takes a step, man. Like, it's just not there. Yeah, our, oh, yeah, our like guy, our guy that produces our podcast, Eddie, is is in the producer's boot right now. <laughs> I just want you to make sure you have this this audio clip. Yeah, so when, next when, year when he's an eagle. Yeah. And he, oh lord. He's helping Carson like, Wentz get in the Justin playoffs. Jefferson and he's talking is it, about Jeff Jefferson. Just run, just run this back. Yeah. Um, my number nine is Brand Ioku. Um, and in my notes, the first thing I wrote down for him was big play waiting to happen. Mm-hmm. Um. Man, it sounds like I'm repeating myself with all these guys, but he's hard to bring down. Um, he was a really good returner in college, but I don't see the speed translating all the way right. like it did in college to the league. So I don't know if he'll be a good returner. He's not a one to me. He's 
low end two, maybe yeah. high three. But he's big, and I also haven't seen him from what I've seen. Like it's like he hasn't really like done well against press coverage. But but he he, he can be explosive. He can be quick. But I, I don't think the production is going to be similar, obviously, to what he did in gotcha. college. So. All right, number ten. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. This is this is purely based off the Senior Bowl, and I got Denzel Mims. When I asked you earlier if you had anybody I didn't expect or that we didn't expect, that's what I was talking yeah. about. I didn't I didn't want to ask you though because I didn't want to hold. Oh, on. so you got but, Denzel Mims too? Nah. Oh no, yeah, I got Denzel Mims, man. And it's his Senior Bowl performance turned me on. Mm. Let me rephrase that. It definitely put me onto his game. But you go back and look at the tape. He was a baller at, down there at Baylor. I don't know how I missed it, but he has he, he has some separating skills, especially in terms of the uh, the route running. No pun intended, but he that yeah. that's his separating skill, I think. Um, and I that those those I really like good route runners because yeah. that I mean, is not going to fail you. Yeah. That's not going to fail you. And Absolutely. we look at a guy like Hunter Renfro who has literally nothing special athletic about him, but he's a really really good route runner. Yeah, and he learned how to be a really good route runner. If you can get on that DB's hip and you can shift him one way you can go you can catch as long as you can catch you'll be able to be an NFL player yeah so my 10 I wrote down a different guy me and you chopped it up a little bit before the podcast and mm. I realized I didn't have Michael Pittman on my list so I was, 10 I, is I'll, too low I'm I preaching tell, the gospel hear ye hear ye I'm pe- preaching the gospel of Michael Pittman I don't Pittman. think he's better than the top 8 guys for sure mm. but I'll take that I'll Woo. take Oh God! How do you say his name, Brandon? Ayuk. Ayuk. Yeah. Ayuk. Um, I'll take probably Pittman. May I'll take the argument for Pittman over him, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you guys who my number ten was after. I'm going to move him down to eleven because right. I had trouble writing him at ten. So I'll put Pittman at ten. We've talked about Pittman. He's under the radar. He didn't have a chance to play with Man. a starting quarterback for more than one game. Man. He still produced the whole season. He played in one of the best receiving cores in the Pac-12. I I, I mean. There's questions about his speed, but his route running, his hands—he's gonna shock he, the world. On he's the reliable. Speed, I think. He said, and he said that he said he's gonna shock the world. Mm-hmm. So Pittman is my ten. It might be a little it's USC bias. Look, hear ye, hear ye. I'm preaching so, the gospel. He's my number ten. I'll do an honorable mention for who I had at ten and bumped him down. Is Donovan People Jones from Michigan? Mm-hmm. And, um, that's the, and let's let's be clear here. All of these are very good receivers. Yeah, and it's so good that you can't make a top ten list. Like most years, like you have to I, make I've watched Pittman play almost every game because I go, I go here, like I go to the school. Right. But I was just writing, and I was like, I just, and yeah, I forgot and, about and him. The, these things happen, especially when a class is so deep as it is, and, yeah. and you get to the point. Most years, when you're ranking the receivers, you get to you know the nine, ten areas, and now you're kind of reaching. Okay, what are some qualities and certain dudes that could maybe translate, maybe not? We're at ten, and these are still guys that could have a yeah, like, man. A there, very good, there's strong KJ impact. Hill. Like, Colin Johnson There's a lot of guys Like and a lot of people Have their, their top 10 rankings And Mims won't be on there There's a bunch of guys Van That Jefferson, we're leaving Yeah Van Jefferson Oh and, and he's probably Definitely a top 10 receiver After what he showed yeah, I mean, in it's, it, there, it's ridiculous yeah. I can't yeah. I can't stress it enough How ridiculous The receiving talent it's, In this class It's loaded is. But People Jones man He makes big plays After the catch I've seen him Go up and get it Um, He has like a lot of Good traits that you expect From a receiver And he's also somebody Also somebody That has a high ceiling But there's just something there that I'm 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 not sure. And I'm I'm with you, and it could have something to do with his, his quarterback. Oh uh, yeah, the, I was, I was, the best. Um, yeah, Shea Patterson. Shea Patterson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, like I said, there, there's so many dudes that we have to shout out. 
I considered uh, Tyler Johnson. Yeah. He's played very well for Minnesota. I considered Brian Edwards, who was a playmaker for South Carolina. KJ Hill. KJ Hill. Like I said, Colin Johnson. We brought up Van Jefferson. Colin Johnson. We're we're probably still missing names. Yeah. um, Isaiah Wright was a dude off of. um, Last chance, you yeah, and uh, that he was a he was a playmaker too. Um, so there there there's dudes top to bottom, and I think that's the thing that I hope most viewers take away from this episode. If you are or trying to be a fan of the draft in 2020, the thing that you have to understand most is that the receiving class is ridiculous. If and your team takes a receiver in the first three rounds, it's probably a dark. We're goal. probably going to see. Four to five receivers go round one, maybe. Ooh. I, I, we have three for sure. Yeah, I, it's definitely you're definitely gonna see Lamb. You're definitely gonna see Judy. You're definitely gonna see Rose. And, right. And those there's teams like the Packers that need mm-hmm. a receiver, so yeah. that's why I think the four comes in. Forty Nine ers potentially could, depending on who slips. Mm-hmm. Um, the Saints might draft a receiver, so they're they're definitely. I think we can see four to five, and that will shake up draft boards. So that means somebody's going to slip. Agreed. But 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 yeah, this this class is this class is like I'm trying to look at my mock draft. Yeah, I had Green Bay getting a receiver late. Yeah. I actually didn't have the Saints. Buffalo needs a receiver. Yeah, so I yeah. I, I definitely think we're probably at least going to see four, may, maybe five. Yeah, maybe five. Depend the Eagles. Possibly six, man. Honestly, yeah, because it, it it's a receiver needy league right now, and yeah. it's about to be an influx of some of the best talent that I've seen. You know, I'm not going to sit up here and say I'm a 20-year season vet, and I've seen a bunch of classes go through, but in the time that I've been following the draft, I don't think I've ever seen, you know, this nothing, much talent in like one position, yeah. ever. Which yeah. is, you know, ridiculous. Yeah, well, just before we get out of here, um, we're not going to really touch on the Super Bowl. Right. Um, we talked about that on Triple Coverage, but since it is a draft podcast, I just wanted to address um, the recent success of not just the two teams that played in the playoffs, but mm-hmm. just of the elite teams in the NFL, and even even like past teams have been elite, like your right. Eagles, um, and the importance of like hitting on your draft picks, whether that's in round one mm-hmm. with the 49ers, how they hit on Nick Bosa and he came mm-hmm. and And we, that's how they built that defensive yeah, line he revitalized, that got to that point. He revitalized that whole get, front seven. Yeah, Nick Bosa, so I, you get uh Solomon uh Thomas, who really wasn't even that good, but Ark Armstead was a um first yeah. round pick. That I'm pretty sure that entire front seven, Eddie, if you if you can hear me. That entire front seven was first round picks, or not front seven, but the entire pass rush were yeah. first round picks, right? Yep, yeah. first round picks all yeah. around. Yeah, and hit. and um, just Kansas City, of course, they hit on Mahomes. I mean, that was a home run. Mm-hmm. But we bought up, we bought up Hartman earlier. Um, and they even the, get Tyree Kills, a yeah. fifth round pick. The and Chiefs they found a um, the defense rush. finally turned it around. Tyron Matthew in cahoots with Juan Tornhill, but then he. Torres ACL, I believe he was really productive, and then even our teams. My team hasn't been able to translate their their young talent to Super Bowl, but I can just list off a bunch of names: Kamara, right. Lattimore, Thomas. We drafted Max Unger retired on us out of nowhere last yeah. year. Um, Eric McCoy, Ramcheck, and that's really the Chauncey I- Gardner Johnson. Like, yeah, yeah, Chauncey Gardner Johnson, yeah. um, Rankins, Davenport, and that's really the model to win the Super Bowl. Either you have to draft. Either no you way. have an old quarterback. And well, not old quarterbacks. Let me like you have a a veteran quarterback, mm-hmm. and you have some talent around him, and that that's how you get to the draft or the new wave, the Rams, the Eagles, the Saints, mm-hmm. the dominant teams. You either have a young quarterback or an aging one, just depends. <laughs> 
and we're on the Asian side, yeah. and you have to hear on your draft picks. Why? They're young, they're cheap, exactly. and if they're productive, exactly. it's talent, and that can give you more cast picks to go sign a Demario Davis. Exactly. Well, I don't really remember when you, well, I know you got signed Patrick Robinson yeah. and stuff like that, the, so it just Super gives Bowl you more, like, it, like it you was, have to hear on your picks. Exactly. You have to. Hitting, and Alshon was a, a big contract that we'd signed that year. Yeah. Um, and hit in, you know, even the Eagles this year. Yeah, the we Titans. Saw, we saw the impact that Jeffrey Simmons had in that Patriots game. A.J. Brown had with Tannehill turned the whole season around. If your team wants to be a good team, they if you want your hit, team to, to be a good team, there's, there's no way to build a good team without drafting talent. Look at the Rams. The Rams tried to yep. pay their way to be a Super Bowl you, team, yep. and they're mediocre, and they're strapped for cap now. Yep. So you, you, gotta, you have to, have to, have to draft talent in order to be a successful team and even just identifying talent mm-hmm. like Kyle Shanahan of course he brought his guy Tevin Coleman in with him right. to San Francisco from Atlanta but the rest of those running backs are undrafted mm-hmm. he did not have I love Debo I don't think he's a one if he is he's a really low end one but he didn't have that Michael Thomas right. or that Elshon Jeffrey George or what Kittle. used to be he didn't yeah. right he he had a number one receiver and Debo Sammy, who I said, who I really don't think is a one, but that was their one. He had Emmanuel Sanders, who they traded midseason, but he hit on all of his guys and he put them in a road to succeed. Right. And they were cheap and productive to where they can go sign a D4. They can go sign a Richard Sherman. So I, I, I think what we've learned from not just past seasons, but this Super Bowl mm-hmm. is that you have to hear on your draft picks, man. And it helps run out the rest of your team. That's where it starts. Well, I think that'll do it for this edition of On the Clock. Uh, be sure to go check out our other podcasts. We have Triple Coverage, which is an NFL podcast. We have Hoop and Holler. We just did a special draft edition, which we were able to have uh, Cam on, yep. drafting all-star players from throughout the years to build our own team. So you can go vote on that. We have our written content on squareonemedia.com. That's through Medium. Um, and we have our YouTube content. That's on square one. Uh, just search up square one is the circular logo with the black square or with the blue square and the white one in the middle of it. Um, you know, we we have it all, all ways to consume our media. So be sure to just go check out those things. And yeah, um, man, it's, it's only getting more exciting from here. Um, it's really draft season now that the Super Bowl is exactly. done. That's over with. Um, we have players starting to sign future reserve contracts, signing extensions. Um, Greg Olson's going to visit the offseason in full swing, I think. Maybe like a couple hours ago, the NFL released um, all of the players that were invited to the yep. combine. So we'll probably get into that next episode, who no maybe got snubbed and stuff like that. So, yeah, man, it's going to be a really fun time. We'll have it all, man. Yeah. This is this is our time. Yeah, well, Triple coverage had their time, even though we're both on triple coverage. Yeah. This is our time <laughs> now. Um, but with that said, that'll do it for this episode. We will catch you next time. Later.